You're listening to the Cryptid Creatures Podcast with Todd and Brian. If you've had an encounter and want to be on the show, email us at info at cryptidcreatures.co or leave a message at 888-5-DOGMAN. I kept seeing this huge silhouette. In fact, I thought it was my neighbor. My neighbor was like 6'6". I'm 6'4". It was behind that bush, and it would step over and watching, I guess, these two guys work on the car, and then it would step back behind the bush. What did I just see? And then it finally dawned on me, I just, I just, I'm convinced I just saw that Bigfoot. This is the Cryptic Creatures Podcast. I am Brian, and with me, as always, right over there is my co-host, Todd. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Great. If I can get rid of this damn head cold, I'll be even better. Yeah, you sound a little stuffy again. That's all right. Yeah, a little stuffy. We'll yeah, it always you. happens this time of year. Yeah. You still sound fine to me. So Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you uh, see that text message I sent you about the new Bigfoot documentary coming out in a month or so? I did. Mm-hmm. I, I did see it, but I didn't have time to watch it yet, but I'm going to. You should watch it. It's, I'll watch it tonight. It's going to be cool. And for the listeners out there, it's called, bear with me here, it's called A Flash of Beauty, Bigfoot Revealed. Weird name, but when you watch the clip, uh, maybe we'll put it out there on our group page. Uh, on Facebook, oh, yeah. so people can go check it out, and then we'll try to post when it actually releases. Because man, as soon as that thing comes out, I'm going to watch will. it. Maybe I will throw that out there on uh, YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really it's really well put together. It seems um, Ron Moorhead's on it. Okay, and Todd cool. Nice, Todd Nice is in it too. Awesome, so two guys. That two we've guys that were both on the show. Yep. Yeah, it looks really cool. So be sure to check it out, and listeners, be sure to check it out. If you go on YouTube and um, YouTube that, a flash of beauty, Bigfoot revealed. You should be able to catch the uh, clip in there and watch it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I will. Good stuff. And I'm sure everybody else will too. But anyway, our guest tonight, we're bringing back Andrea from It's a Bigfoot. Back in the day when we talked to her, mm-hmm. uh, this time she's going to bring Dan yeah. on, her husband, and he's going to tell his his stories and his encounter. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I can't listen. wait to hear. It. So let's bring him on and uh, not waste any more time. What do you say? Yeah, let's get him. Okay. Thank you again for coming back on and talking to us tonight. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, to be good. here. Good to have you back. Glad this is Dan. <laughs> hey. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. So what's going on? You guys are still down there in southern Illinois, is that right? Yes. Dan, um, were you wanting to talk about your encounters and things that you've experienced down there in southern Illinois? Uh, normally over the wintertime, not a whole lot happens around here because there's no cover. You know, the leaves have gone off and uh, seems like everybody in their neighbor has to leave their porch lights on. You know, they move out in the country and it's like, oh, let's make it make it the city now. <laughs> you know, right. so yeah. anyway, that's why things don't happen a lot during the wintertime because there's no cover. and There's too much light. So, Dan, take us back to the first time you had an experience or encounter uh, down there with, with this. Uh, you guys having a Bigfoot family or something going on down there, you think? Or what is it? 
we we think it was. We think it was a family of five. Um, that was back in when? 2017? Yeah, it started in the spring of 2017 that we knew they were here. Yeah. <laughs> that they were here before that, we found out. Yeah, we're pretty sure they've probably been around here <laughs> longer than I have. Wow, generational. Nice. I think I think it probably is. Uh, when's the last time you've had any kind of um, encounter or experience with, with these creatures? I'd say three weeks ago. Um, you know, we've got a little tray off the handrail of the back deck down by the ground, and I keep little things in there. And probably late last fall, a couple little items disappeared, and I looked everywhere for them couldn't find them and it was three weeks ago they were both one item was directly on the boardwalk below the tray and the other was underneath the steps going up to the deck and i had looked both of those places when they disappeared and finally they came back Hmm. so that was the last thing that happened um but like i said that's been about three weeks ago I actually did a video of it, but I haven't posted it yet. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we, we know they did some things last last year. We built Dan built a new deck out front for us to sit on and have barbecue, you know. And uh <laughs> they started fooling around with the stuff on the deck there. They put some rocks in my flower uh pot and you know, moved some stuff around here and there. But uh they don't do, you know, the young guy, the one that was interacting a lot, was he 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 doesn't do that anymore. So I think he's just grown up. <laughs> yeah, I think he grew up and found a sweetie and moved away. Personally, that's all. <laughs> we just well, got kids are supposed to. Be. Either that, or we just got old hat. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, they're no fun. Yeah, us old fogies. They've moved on to a young family with kids. Or <laughs> Who something. knows? Maybe it could be. But they still visit us, so they remember us. I want Dan to tell the interesting things. See, I know I told you guys the things he told me and then the things that happened to me, but I want him to tell you uh, himself the experiences he's had. He, You know, the time he actually saw the one. Tell him about that. I can do that, but before we, before we get into that, let me just give you – a background of how I got involved with this. Uh, this was back in 2017. Andrea had been watching videos on the internet of Bigfoot for what, a year? Uh, Maybe two long. years? Six months? Yeah, about. And she'd just say, oh, you gotta see this, you have to watch this, you have to watch that. And I would just poo-poo it and just laugh at her and you know, say, oh, they're not real. And finally, she suggested I watch this one guy out of uh, Utah, I think it was. Rio? Was yeah, it Utah? Colorado or Utah? Yeah, U- Colorado, U- I think. No, it was uh, Utah. Oh, Rio, yeah, yeah, Utah. And he did a deal called Project Go and See. And he was challenging people just to go out in the woods and look. And he had uh, done a video in western Kentucky which is like 50 miles from us. And he was showing what he thought were structures in the hardwood forest down there. And I watched that and it kind of piqued my curiosity. So I went in and actually jokingly told Andrea, I'm going to go to the woods and look for Bigfoot, you know, 
<laughs> and uh, just and so I did, and I was gone to what maybe an hour, about a couple of hours actually, uh, and came back and got my camera <laughs> because I found some things that I couldn't explain, uh, just some interesting <laughs> things in the woods. That's what got me started. I, I started just to kind of spite Andrea. but it, Yeah, he was it, mad at me because no, I kept I mentioning I wasn't mad at you, but I, I just kept poo-pooing her and then laughing at her, and then it turned around on me. You know, it's like, oh, well, I guess she's right after all. So. Yeah, the day he came home from the woods, you know, and I looked at I, I said, did you find anything? The look on his face just told it all. I, was, I just said, no, you didn't. He said, yeah, I did. Wow. Well, that's how we found out they were here. What did you find, Dan? I just found some, uh, I'll call them structures, uh, things that I really just couldn't explain. I mean, one was, uh, it was a large tree, I would guess foot and a half in diameter at the base, that the root ball was all the way out of the ground. And it was perched on top of another tree about its diameter that had been broken off about 10 feet above the ground, and it was perfectly rested up there. The branches of that tree was on the ground on one side, and the root bulb was all the way out of the ground on the other side. And I was like, what are the chances of that happening? You know, I guess it, you know, once in a million, maybe. And then I found something else, uh, maybe a half a mile away, that uh, kind of blew my mind. It was just a, almost like artwork of a falling down tree and strips of bark and stuff. Um, so that that's what piqued my curiosity about it, you know. And uh, so I just started going out looking for stuff and just filming what I just thought looked impossible naturally to happen you know or to do uh, mm -hmm. and so that's that's what i first started doing and then we started noticing things going on around the house uh things being moved or uh, sticks piled somewhere you know it's like what is this so one night i dropped a microphone out of the window at about nine o'clock and just let it record for an hour wasn't it yeah, about an hour. Yeah, and I got like five seconds of an audio. Uh, sounds like this deep, gruff-sounding voice saying Domas or Tomas or something like that. Anyway, that's what really made us think, okay, there's something's coming around the house, you know. So I would just start, I don't know, I think I wrote my stick with or wrote my name with sticks, just laid some sticks out that said Dan, and those sticks would be manipulated. The next day, um, I mean, coons could knock it over, but the way they were manipulated, it, I, I don't think it was coons. And the same thing has happened in the little gift tray. I'll, I'll spell my name or do something, you know, and then the little twigs will be manipulated in a different pattern. Um, you know, if it was a coon or a squirrel or something, they would just be all helter-skelter jumbled up. Yeah, you know, we we when after he found those things out in the woods, we started looking around our yard too, and we found a few little things out there, and uh, we found a hidey hole place where they were. We think they were sitting out behind a rose bush, you know, watching the house. 
Yeah, watching oh. the Dan and Andrea show. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> yeah, you guys must be more interesting than you think. Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, tell them what happened to the structures after you started going out there filming them a lot. Yeah, after after about the fifth time of revisiting these structures, I went back one time and they were they were gone. They were torn out. And I also noticed every time I would go back to a certain place in the woods, which is, you know, just an eighth of a mile away, if I went out there during the day, something would go on at night here. It's almost like tit for tat, you know. Uh, so anyway, that that's that's just what I noticed. Yeah, that'd be like you visit my home, I'm going to visit your home. Well, that's kind of what we thought, you know. Yeah. And uh, before before either one of us really even started thinking about Bigfoot, it was the winter before we, we've had chickens. We don't have them now, but at that point I had, I think 21 chickens and I always count them before I lock them up at night. They, they'll put themselves to bed, but I always count them and make sure there wasn't any strays somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I had 21 chickens. And when I uh, went out the next morning to feed them, I counted them again, and uh, three were missing. The door was locked. There was no feathers, um, no sign of struggle, but three chickens had just disappeared overnight, quietly, like no blood, no nothing. Yeah, and, you know, those locks, there was two of them that no animal could work. You had to have hands, and the thing was locked back. Yeah. And the chickens were gone, and yeah. we you, we thought, oh, a neighbor was breaking, you know, taking our chickens. We, what neighbor takes? I chickens thought maybe a homeless person was hungry or something, <laughs> you know, you know, like yeah. hey, let them have it. I don't care, you know. But once we realized that it was probably Bigfoot coming around the house months later, then we kind of put two and two together, thinking well, that was dead of winter time. I bet it was them came in and took those chickens. Because you can take a chicken off the roost at night, and they won't even squawk, you know, if really? there's no bite or anything. Uh, they may make a little noise, but not much. And so anyway, um, we got the bright idea to at that. Later on, we kind of figured we had a family of five around here, two adults and three, well, one juvenile we figured a toddler and probably a, a infant. Tell them how you figured that out. Well, that was later, but, but that, that's when you figured. But anyway, um, so we we were thinking, okay, a family of five. So I had a like a one gallon ice cream pail, you know, and I'd put five. I don't remember if they were apples or peaches. Um, I'd put that in there and then hang it up from a tree limb down in the woods lot behind her house. High enough where deer couldn't get it and coons couldn't get to it. And I did that for three or four nights and nothing happened. And Andrea says, you know, I've got this theory, you know, that they have this idea of a lot and a little. If there's a lot of stuff, I'll take a little and they'll never notice it. So she said, why don't you try filling that ice cream container all the way up with apples and see if any disappear? Apples or peaches, like I said, I don't remember. Apples first. I think it was apples. So I filled as many as I could in that thing and hung it up. I, I can remember the number. I put 19 in there. And I went out the next morning and five were gone. Rest of them were there, but five apples were gone. And that was the amount I was trying to get them to take. it. So I think Andrea's theory of their idea of 
a lot and a little. I think there's something to that. You know, yeah, that, sounds like it. Well, yeah. I mean, if there's thirty chickens and I take three, they'll they'll never they'll never miss that. You know. Right. I think I really believe that they are very subtle, and that's you know people have to be looking. For that, some of the things they do, I mean, some of the things they do are really spectacular. <laughs> and if you're but, not looking for them, you'll most never of the notice time, it. Yeah, most never of the time. Will. You know, on the on the family of five, I just want to tell you briefly how we figured that out. That uh, at first we knew we had one because he he started coming out to the car and leaving his handprints on our car and fingerprints. So we knew we had one at least. And then the night that Dan uh, made the recording audio we were telling you about, mm-hmm. and we, he, didn't, he didn't even explain about the audio, what it was. It was all of a sudden you hear a big snap, and then you hear a whoo, and then you hear a big gruff voice saying, Tomas. <laughs> so we, we got that recording, and we, could, we just could not believe it, you know. And we think the way it sounded is that, a young one had stepped on, or one of them had stepped on a piece of plastic. And the reason we know is because he went out and found the plastic bird feeder that was down there and buried half in the leaves. And he realized that probably that's what the thing stepped on. But anyway, we figured, okay, there's two of them now. We know that one of them stepped on the plastic and said, ooh, and the other one said, Tomas. So, okay, now we've got two, right? Okay. So then. Dan needs to tell you about how we found out about the other three. And so go ahead and tell well, him that. It won't be in order, but all, go ahead. All, all this is on our Shawnee Sasquatch site on YouTube, on, on the videos I explained. But anyway, the way I figured, uh, I was back in the woods. There was a certain place back there where I kind of figured out that's where they were hanging out at. And... Uh, Anyway, I walked up there one time just just to look, and I get, oh, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred feet away from uh, where I figured they stayed. And I hear this, uh, it sounds like a kitten mewing, really strange. And I'm like, okay, well, why is there a kitten mewing back here in all this undergrowth? And that went on about 15 seconds, and then it stopped. And just a few seconds later, it sounded like a little child whimpering. Kind of like, <laughs> like that, you know. And I'm like, okay, that's even weirder, you know. Here's a, is there a little kid out here with a little kitten or something out here in the brambles? And that stopped all of a sudden. And just a few seconds later, from the very same place, I hear this, this whistle. So I whistled back. And a few seconds after that, off to my right, about 100, 150 feet in a, another part of the thicket back in there, I hear so I whistled it. A few seconds pass and off to my left and kind of in front of me, about the same distance, I hear this this low whistle. I tell you, the hair stood up on the back of my neck right there. It's like, all right, I'm halfway surrounded here. (laughs) So I just said, okay. So we kind of figured the three whistles, the first whistle was probably Mama the second one was probably the juvenile. The third deep one was probably Papa. And we kind of figured that child whimpering was a toddler and the kitten mewing might have been a little baby. So we kind of figured that's how we kind of came up with the family of five. 
Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we knew they had babies because uh, after that, what, it was after that, I think, yeah. After that, we found that they had come up to the tray where there was a baby toy, a little toy on there that when you squeezed it, it would light up, you know, a little rubber toy, small. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. had a, like a little head on it, you know. It was like a little dragon. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like a little dragon or something. And when Dan went out there, um, well, you want to explain what you found out there? Well, when I went out the next morning, the tray had been disturbed. And that little dragon toy was on the ground. And I picked it up and uh, by the head, and it was real sticky. And I looked at it, and it had holes bitten in it. And so we kind of figured, and the light, the little light inside was, uh, it was some kind of ball or something that if you knocked this thing or shook it real hard, it would flash red and yellow, you know, LED lights. We kind of figured they, I mean, this is what we think. It's possibly the family came up and they were letting the baby play with that thing and it probably put it in his mouth, bit down on it. And it lit up. And it lit up. <laughs> and and possibly he might have even got choked on it, you know. And so probably mama or daddy grabbed it out of his mouth and threw it on the ground. So the reason the head was sticky is either they have a very caustic saliva or if it was uh, the infant that got choked on it, he might have vomited on it or something, and that kind of melted the head or made it soft or something. Yeah, like that, that thing deteriorated. We had to throw it out. Yeah. It, the whatever it was was so strong it kind that of that rubber melted. Yeah, it, it kind of deformed it. A and that's bit. no joke. And yeah. I got so mad at Dan because he threw it out. Oh, it was gross. <laughs> it was, but I mean well, that was some, you know. They, Toy it could have been DNA. Just, that was DNA. You could have said yeah, that. It could have been. Um, we found uh, the hairs. On yeah, it. we found some hairs on it. Another time, we found, uh, and maybe that was the same. Yeah, it was the same well, time because we time. had a little red pullback car that we've got a uh, what is Chevy Blazer red, mm-hmm. and so I found this, and that's where the handprints always showed up on the windows and stuff. So we found this little toy car that looked just like that blazer. So we set it in that tray. But anyway, that same day I was kind of looking at that. And uh, the same day of the little dinosaur thing had been chewed. uh, There was hairs on that. uh, There was a little hair in the tray and one on that car. So I've got those. I put them in some, uh, I seal them in some tape, some, clear packing tape we just weren't into testing dna and all that because i knew you know i had read what happens when people get dna tested and stuff you know you know how that turns out and we the hairs are very unusual because they're see-through they're very they're not like human hairs you can if you have them on a surface whatever the surface is underneath is what the hair shows they're see-through they're very interesting yeah it's it's almost like it's almost like they're translucent and they absorb or refract the surrounding because where it was like this one hair and the, these hairs aren't that long. They may be a half to three quarter inch long, mm-hmm. but where it was laying across the wood of the tray where the wood grain would be light, the hair would be light where the wood grain would be dark. The hair would be dark. And so Andrew and I have kind of, just from that extrapolated that a possibility that they're so hard to see and they hide so easily is that they're 
hair is it may be translucent enough to absorb the colors to refract the, the surrounding least, yeah, colors yeah, and layer of it exactly and uh, you know the hair the two hairs we got were real kinky they weren't squirrel hair they weren't raccoon hair they were kind of a blondish red or a light real light brownish blonde uh, wasn't one hair sticking on that sticky stuff on the dragon's head? No, one was on the uh, one was one that. was on the spare tire of the little toy car, and yeah. another was on actually had stuck on to a little uh, splinter that was on the tray. Yeah, it's been so long ago. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, all these videos. I did a video of that one too. It's it's on that YouTube side of Shawnee Sasquatch. Did any you of you guys watch? That. Look at that, uh, Shawnee. Sasquatch that yeah. Dan has the YouTube. Yeah, we checked it out after Andrea. Mm -hmm. We had you after on a uh, while back, yeah. yep, and yeah. we, we checked it out. I'm going to check it out again, though. I want to see that. Yeah, to see yeah, that what too. we're talking yeah. about, you have to go back to the very beginning because you know Dan put a lot of stuff. He loves the twig games and that stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But the thing about the handprints on the car, everyone I've ever seen on the car or the van is always left-handed. So I don't know if, if that particular per, uh, Sasquatch is left-handed or somebody made a comment one time on one of my videos that said among the larger primates, left-handedness seems to be uh, dominant. I didn't know that, and I've never really bothered to look it up, but uh, I just found that kind of interesting. It's always left-handed. Mm. I went out one winter. I mean, this is winter time. And on the back of my van was this large left hand print on the glass and down about the four o'clock position, about a foot away, was this little bitty left hand print. <laughs> and I'm like, really? And it had been cold that night. I'm like, man, you know, if this is if this is neighbors pranking us, then they're bringing their little bitty kids out in the cold of winter and having them to touch on the back of the window just to do a prank. And I'm like, uh, that's not a neighbor. It's <laughs> not a neighbor doing that. Yeah, you know, those fingerprints were interesting because the, it, it looks like they have swirl, kind of swirls like ours, but I don't think they're as pronounced swirly. But on the tips of the fingers, you can see these little Bumps. I call them tubercles. <laughs> They're little bumps on the fingertips. And so we were thinking, oh, you know, what are those? Are they for better gripping or are they little oil glands? We don't know what they are. But, you know, they're handprints. They're so greasy. You know, there's just something about their hands that have this substance Oily, on yeah. oiliness to them and uh, tell them about the handprints on the stuck on the car i'll let dan tell you that what do you mean how we couldn't wash them away they stuck yeah they don't they didn't wash off real easy i don't even think windex totally took them off off the glass of wood but off the finish of the paint you could wash it all day long and they'd still be there if you uh, sprayed the misted it with water you'd still see it it's really strange wow. Yeah. Like it melted the paint or something. Well, I don't think it melted the paint. I think the oil was just, it's, it's a different kind of oil. No. Uh, you know, with her talking about the little bumps, turbicles or whatever on the fingerprints. Now, they could be, like she said, possibly oral, oil glands. Um, either that or they manipulate 
wood so much that could be scars from uh, and splinters like scars. and things like yeah. that. Uh, uh, Who knows? They were all the same size. And True. they all like had a little dot in the center of them. Am I right on that? I think so. Yeah, yeah they, they were all the same size, and they had a little dot kind of in the center. You can see. Snow White um, Bigfoot has a couple pictures of handprints around her place, and they look exactly the same. Yeah, do you know who Snow White <laughs> is? Snow White no. Bigfoot. You guys need to go on her site. She has, she's had them longer than we have, and she has experiences. She, she lives out on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. I think in, she's uh, in Ohio. Ohio. And so Northeast she. Ohio. she uh, Not sure. I don't know where she lives exactly, but she has this beautiful farm and she's, she discovered them a couple of years before we did. <laughs> and so hmm. she's had these visitors and they bring her stuff and they take it away. And they, they've even gone in her garage and borrowed her husband's tools and brought them back. And yeah, look at Snow White. I mean, she. She yeah, so we, we've talked to her a few times yeah. about, and some of the same things that goes on with us has gone on with is going on with her too. Well, yeah, we'll look her up and, and get a hold of her and talk to her. Yeah, I think yeah. probably. I think you'd probably be really interested in talking with her. Yeah, she has much more interesting stuff than we do. <laughs> There's another guy, Rick. I don't know his last name. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked to him on the phone, but he's. His side is Wood Booger Farm. He's down in uh, eastern Kentucky, I think. But I'm pretty sure he and Snow White have actually met and talked. Yeah, they did. I, I don't know if Rick is doing a whole lot anymore with it. Um, well, he can't help it because they're, they're at his Well, they house. throw rocks at his house and stuff. They eat his dog food. You know, stuff like that. Put his cat in the garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rick's comment was, who would want to throw away a perfectly good cat? <laughs> it's it's the they didn't eat it. No. <laughs> if it's annoying them, they probably just pick it up. I, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, he, uh, he's got a little stomp or something up in the woods where he uh, leaves gifts and stuff and one day he went up there checking, and there was a, a dead ground squirrel there. He's like, look at that. They gifted me a dead ground squirrel. How <laughs> cool is that? Yeah, well, it's better than a dead rat, that, dead mouse that people get in off. In fact, of. I think he found a cave up in there. Uh, he went in there, and there was stories. Oh, I wanted to tell him about the uh, the gun and the and the raccoon tell me oh. this is really a good one this, <laughs> this is the, one we experienced together actually. yeah this this is when we had chickens and also after i dropped that mic out the window i got thinking how can i listen to outside and so i got online for like spy transmitters you know and there's mm -hmm. this guy in uh, the uk that sells them, and he also sells kits. They're oh, not quite the size of a matchbox, small matchbox. But they transmit on FM about 200 feet and uh, run on two AA batteries, and you listen to them over the FM radio. So I bought one of his kits, built it, and then bought a couple little pocket radios, and, and we'd lay at night with earphones on. I'd set the microphone in the window, and, and close the window behind it and uh yeah we, we could hear them coming up we could we could hear them coming up walking i mean it sounds like you know bipedal footsteps coming up and they'd stop and then you'd hear twigs snapping like snap 
snap, snap, not like walking, snapping, but like somebody's just snapping twigs, you know? And, uh, anyway, we had our chickens at that time, and I don't remember what time of night it was. I hadn't fallen asleep yet. So it was I, about 9 o'clock. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So I hear the chickens just pitching a fit. And uh, I thought, okay, there's something in the chicken house. So I get up, go out there, and there's a raccoon had got in the chicken house. And so I chased it out. And I go back to bed, and about 30 minutes later, I hear it again. So I get up, I grab my rifle, and I flashlight and walk out there. And I didn't turn the flashlight on and just walk around the back of the house. And uh, about, I think about the time I got almost to where our gift tray is, which is kind of close to the chicken house, I hear this. Whoo. No, that was another time. Oh, was it? Yeah, he, he, this is the, he wasn't going out to the chicken house when he heard that. He's getting two stories mixed up. These two things mixed up. I don't think so, sweetheart. Yeah, I'll tell it. He, he, cause I had it too. He went out there. He says, I'm going out there. There's something in the chicken house. He grabs his gun and I don't want, I didn't want him to really kill it. I didn't want, so I was running to the back door. He, I heard the gun go off and something flew by in the, on the bottom of the deck, just went droom. And I, I, I knew that, uh, I knew what it was. I, cause it was big. Whatever it wasn't a raccoon running, it was big, and it ran behind a big tree, and so I knew he was still out there, and so I I said, "Dad's not going to hurt you with a gun," because <laughs> I knew he was thinking, you know, he heard the shot, and, but Dan heard it over the microphone. Okay, now you tell what you heard over the microphone. Anyway, <laughs> same story. I went out there and I hear this whoo, and it runs off, just like Adri says, yeah. and it runs off a certain distance and just stops, just stops dead. Fine. And uh, so I turn on the flashlight, and the raccoon is on top of the chicken house. And so I shoot the raccoon, and he falls on the chicken house. I mean, he falls down on the roof. So for, for good measure, I just shoot him again. Oh, this is terrible. I'm and then sure the third time. People are going to love this. The third time I shoot him just to make sure right where these footprints had run off or footsteps had stopped, I hear this. What was it? It was kind of like, Ugh. you know, and that's when Andrew says, he's not going to shoot you as the raccoons are eating the chickens, you know. Yeah, I told and him so he I, had to kill I let the raccoon lay on top of the chicken house because I wasn't going to get the ladder out at 930 at night, crawl up on top of there and get a dead raccoon down. So the next morning I go outside to get the raccoon off the top of the chicken house and it's gone. I know I killed it, but it's gone. I think whatever we <laughs> chased off, which I think was the Bigfoot, I think it probably climbed yeah, it. Well, I'm, not letting, I'm not letting that go to waste. Mm -hmm. That's what I think, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I was running to the back door. I startled him, too, because I was running to the back door, flung the back door open, Turn the light on at the same time. That may have been why. You know, he wasn't yeah. used to us coming out oh, no. or turning the light on. We never did that, you know. So I think both the gunshot and me, it, it happened kind of sim yeah. simultaneously. And I was screaming at Dan, don't, don't kill me. I want to go shoot at And all I know is something big, you know, there, was I was on the deck and it stands about five feet off the ground. I've experienced <laughs> that very fast 
running scenario like that night, uh, I think three other times. Uh, first time I'd gone out before light and was standing out in front of the house. And I heard something thump the back of the car. So I, I started walking toward the car and all of a sudden I just hear this. <laughs> it's just a heavy footfalls just. And it, it must have covered 100 feet in three seconds. I never saw oh. anything. I, I, I'm i like, what the heck was that? And uh, and then it was about two weeks later, I was down in the woods refilming something, and something, same thing happened. Something run out of this little bunch of trees into a super thick, brushy bramble that I dove in there, but it was so brambly, it was slow going. But I turned around quick enough to see the branches of some of the bushes still waving. But I never saw what it was. So I went back the next day and looked at that little copse of trees this thing had run out of, which was a small stand of small sycamores. And uh, about six feet up, one of those sycamore trees was just broken right over. And it was like, okay. You know, and uh, then another time was uh, I was about a mile from the house across the highway. I was going to head on down to some sloughs down there and get ready to go into a cross a fence into some woods. And there was a large thicket there. Same thing happened. Uh, heavy foot falls, runs off. It's summertime. A uh, good cover of leaves that runs off maybe just 50, 60 feet and just stops. And so I'm like, hello. And uh, so I started taking a step in there and here just this huge stick snap. I mean, it wasn't just some twig. It was like crack. And I, I stopped and I'm like, okay, I'm not going in there. <laughs> oh, tell them about how you mm-hmm. saw in that time, huh? Dan, okay. Dan, Dan saw one before I did. Yeah. Let me tell you about it. That was enough. This was, I think, in October of two, probably 2000. It could have been 2017. It might have been 18. Um, it was 18. I think it was 18. I had gone to bed. I had the microphone set up in the window and back and was laying in bed. I kept hearing this banging and hammering. I was like, what is that? You know, so I get up. And I knew my next to one of my neighbors had been having car trouble. And I look out our south window. I didn't turn any lights on or anything. And my neighbors is out there working on his car in the driveway. And he had his door to his house open. And I kept seeing this huge silhouette. In fact, I thought it was my neighbor. My neighbor was like 6'6". I'm 6'4". He's like six six and three hundred twenty pounds, you know, three hundred pounds. Oh, and I thought, well, what's Christian did? I had this nice bush out in the yard. I still have it, of course, but it was behind that bush toward my side, and it would step. And my neighbor had his door open, so it would get silhouetted against his open door. You could see it pass across that uh, light there, but what this thing was doing, it was stepping over and watching, I guess, these two guys work on the car, and then it would step back behind the bush. It did that about three or four times, and I kept thinking, 
why is Christian behind my bush watching his cousin work on his car? Because I had the I had the uh, radio on and I had the you know the microphone on and I had the earphones on, and I'm sitting there and my mind is just kind of reeling. I couldn't figure this out. And I mean, I wasn't even thinking about Bigfoot at the time. And then all of a sudden, this silhouette, whatever it was, just quickly walks into my woods lot. After the guys started coming back to the house, I think. And then, and, and then one of the guys went in the house. And I'm like, well, that's weird. And, you know, there's whatever the silhouette was didn't have a flashlight. And it was after dark. It was like in October. The leaves were about half off the that bush out there. That's why I could see it. And then about uh, 45 seconds later, the other guy goes in the house. And then I really was like, what did I just see? You know, I hear all this time. I thought it was Christian. And then it finally dawned on me. I just, I just, I'm convinced. I just saw that Bigfoot. You know, it was a silhouette. It was big. Tell them about the shape that you were telling me. The shape well, of the head. You're, you're probably, you've probably seen a lot of the Bigfoot uh Videos, you know, big barrel chest and everything. That's what it looked like. And when it when it walked, the just the few steps I could see it. It didn't walk like a human. You know, we'd do a stride. This thing, this thing would pick like his feet up, and then move it forward and step down, kind of like you see on some of the Bigfoot videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally don't watch Bigfoot videos, and there there's a reason for that. I I don't want to be swayed <laughs> by other people's opinions and stuff. I want to view and make my own opinions, and then later on I may watch somebody's video. And uh, I saw a video where when we were talking about the possibility of the hair being a a, a natural um, invisibility cloak or whatever, you know, helps them hide or blend in. This other guy had found some hair, and he he had said that. I mean, this was after the fact, but uh, that I had thought about that. That he said, you know, I'm wondering if their hair somehow refracts the light around and, and helps them blend in the background. I'm like, all right, there you go, you know. And I really think there's something to that. But that's my uh, yeah. That's I, the only time I, I I I'm pretty sure I saw. Oh, it. I know he you did. Know, I'm pretty sure but that's what it was. The reason I know he did is because I can't even walk down where this creature went down that walking down, like he said, at the middle of the night. Well, I can't even it. walk there in the daytime. Yeah, I mean it's, it's on the side of a gully, so mm-hmm. you you take your life in your hands to walk down there without a flashlight. Well, yeah, you there's know? dead there's deadfall down there. You know, smaller deadfall. There's it can be thick, um, but yeah, I wouldn't want to walk through there without a flashlight because I'd fall on my face within the first ten steps. You didn't hear him fall on his face, did you? No, and he didn't run either. I just hear this bipedal walking, and then it stopped. Um, I, Andrew and I are both convinced that they do things subtly, and I, it's almost like counting coup or something. You know, it's like, look, you know, we were here and you didn't, you didn't even know it. And they'll leave their little calling card or something. You know, hmm. uh, that's kind of what we think. Yeah, they were really shocked when they knew we knew that they were here. They, I, I'm I think sure, frustrated because the night, the night that they. The, la- the night that Dan came back and the and he said that the structures were broken down, that's the night they came. They were loud. They were stamping on our boardwalk. 
<laughs> I think they they were mad because he'd come back out there, you know. I don't and know why. That was the night they were stamping on our boardwalk. I mean, we have a boardwalk out back, and you know, to walk on that hillside there. And I swear, I never heard anything like that. Stamping and breaking sticks. Yeah, I think they have a, uh, at least the ones around here, I I think this because I've heard it, so I just assume, I extrapolate. Just listening over that transmitter microphone we have, I've heard bipedal footsteps come up, and you'll hear like a stick snapping code. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like snap. Snap, 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 and then you'll hear three or four bipedal footsteps, you know, going away. And sometimes whistles. Or, or I've, I've actually heard bipedal footsteps come up, and then you'll hear this, yeah. you know, this like this whistle code, and then you hear more than one set of bipedal footsteps going away through the leaves. So I, I think, you know, they're <laughs> what, what would you call them, gorilla. Gorilla warfare, you know, they're, they're, you know, whatever that they <laughs> have. This, they have, they use natural sounds to communicate. Hey, I'm coming up here. This is what we need to do. Hmm. We also hmm. are convinced they use animal sounds, owls. Oh, I know these uh, dogs, oh, yeah. really coyotes, things like yeah. that. I think mm-hmm. they use that to communicate. Especially the owls. Especially they, the owls. They, we, we laugh about 300 pound owls. 600 pound you know? owls. You know? Oh, I wanted to tell you one thing about the footsteps is that another reason we know that there's babies, there's young ones, is oh, because yeah. every once in a while you'd hear like a little toddler running through the leaves. Dip, 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 you know, like a little kid running back yeah. and forth, you know. So we we have heard those little footprints, foot sounds too. Footsteps, footsteps. That's all just amazing stuff. I don't I don't know where to begin. Um, how how big were the uh, handprints um, on the on the vehicles? Well, Dan's a, Dan's Dan's got big hands. He's a big guy, six four. And uh, they were a, li- a little bigger than Dan's. They were a little bit bigger than mine, and the thumb is set lower. I could not, I could get my fingers to line up with their spread, but I could not get the thumb to line up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there was a baby, a baby print one time too. Yeah, a I little hand. I've yeah. seen I've seen a, a documentary where uh, the same thing happened, where people found handprints on their vehicles and they said the same things you guys did. They couldn't get it completely off, clean it off. Really? The residue would stay on there. And they also mentioned seeing the little suction cups. They talked about, they thought they were for gripping. That's Uh, kind of what we thought too, or they may be oil glands because I'm, I know they manipulate wood a lot. I mean, I've seen little, you guys have seen punky wood. You know, so punky, you can take it and just kind of fluff it off. And right behind the house, I've seen little piles of it. Look like little anthills of this punky wood. Like like you take it in your hand and take your other hand and twist it to sharpen it like you're sharpening a pencil. You know, twist it back mm-hmm. and forth and leave this little pile of punky wood. And the twisted stick would be to the side. And that's why I'm, I, t- I told Andrea, I said, yeah, we were visiting last night. They came and had their uh, punky wood popcorn watching the Dan and Andrea show, you know, <laughs> um, because it would be right out back. You guys definitely have a lot of activity going on, and there's no reason for you to not think that there's not Bigfoot going around in your car. Oh, oh, no, there's no doubt for in sure. my mind. And here you've got two witnesses. I mean, 
you guys have sat here and listened and things that you guys have said along the way, and I'm sure Brian can attest to this too, sounds so familiar to me and we've heard it before in other instances mm-hmm. around, uh, yeah. around uh, oh, yeah. what we've talked yeah, about. You guys would be good to know that, you know, listening to so many people that the things that are common to, yeah. you know, yeah. See, common things. I mean, I think what you guys are interviewing a lot of people, I think that's a good part of research, too, because like what you're saying, you hear it from so many different other Mm -hmm. people across the board. You know, you hear it over and over. And so these are just common, common things that I guess these Sasquatch do. Dan, have you ever thought about putting cameras out or or game cameras out? I put a game camera out one time and all activity stopped. Tell them about the security camera. Well, (laughs) but... See, most game cameras has, what is it, a 840 nanometer light. It's red. Humans can see it, and humans can't see in the dark. Bigfoot can see in the dark. They're, I think they have nocturnal vision, just like any other nighttime animal. And so if we can see a red lights when those infrared lights go off, I know they can but they have a nine, is it a 920 or 940 nanometer, which is totally invisible to humans. Uh, and it's not as bright. It doesn't shine as far. So I put a trail cam up with the red lights on at one time. All activity stopped and didn't start mm-hmm. up again until two weeks after I took that camera down. And I think, I think Bigfoot are smart. I think they sat oh, yeah. at a distance and they watch a place and they get to know habits of people that's just what andrew and i have thought of over these past few years and so you know if they're sitting and watching and there's a trail camera up we have raccoons that come up and possums and other things that come up and they'll they'll trip that camera and a bigfoot can see oh oh okay that red light came on there's something there so they're going to skirt that you know they're and I think they know what it is. Well, you know, we we had a security light out in front, so when the we we camera. knew that a camera, I mean security camera, and when we knew they were coming out front and leaving handprints <laughs> on the car, you know, we we unplugged it because we knew they didn't like it, and if they thought it was on, we thought, well, they won't come, and we wanted them to come out front to leave the handprints, and maybe we could see or see them or something sometime. But anyway. A few months after Dan had unplugged it, it was just hanging there, you know. Unplugged. Well, I, I wound the cable up and hung it on a nail or something on the side of the house, yeah. nice and neat, you yeah. know. So it was coiled up, hanging there. Anyways, he he went out there one day and he he noticed it was that uh, I guess it was off that off the hook and it was hanging down. I guess. Well, was I, was, I was going to I was going to reroute the wires. Oh, and so I uncoiled it and. Both business ends of the cord was, I'm going to say they were bit off. They were either bit or pulled off. Uh, one, one business end is where the video feed goes, plugs in. The other is the power feed. And it's only 12 volts. But right. both, in, both of those ends were gone off that cord. Were they, were they metal? Yes. Shiny metal? Yes, but I found one, I think it was the, I found the video end. It's, it's special. It's, it's metal and, uh, I don't know, diameter of an ink pen or something. 
maybe two and a half inches long. It was on the ground below where the cable was, but it was a few months later before I found the power and it was down in the wood. It had been thrown down in the woods. I was down in the woods. I've got some wild plants down there, wildfires and stuff. I was down there just messing around one day and there that power cord in was. And I'm like, well, there you are. So whatever it was, just dropped the one part and flung the other in the woods. So I don't know if it was a Bigfoot did that or if the neighbor just thought, I don't like your camera pointed over I don't here. think the neighbor likes wires. I don't either. You know? the neighbor would slice it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The neighbor would slice it. Of course he would. A lot of the things you guys are talking about can only have been done by one or two things, humans or Bigfoot. And Well, that's just it. No human would do the things around your house that they were doing for – there's no benefit of it uh, you know, no. for them to do that. Well, somebody commented on one of my videos. Uh, they said, uh, "They said, what makes you think that's a Bigfoot? That could totally be a neighbor or a person. I said, you're exactly right. You know, it could be a neighbor, and I have not 100% ruled that out. And if we want to go that far, it could even be aliens. <laughs> you know? I said, but if it's a neighbor doing a practical joke, They've done it spring, summer, for winter, five and fall years. for three years. <laughs> five years. Well, this, when I wrote this, it was two years oh, ago. Yeah, when you for three that. years. I said, that person needs to get the, the, the Oscar for the best running practical joke. Yeah, no kidding. You guys, they no humans can go out and back and, uh, where, where they were and walk and out, walk there out without there. falling down. If no. you want me to send you a video of that place. We could certainly send Well, the thing videos. is, Andrea and I, I mean, I always wanted to set cameras up. But she's like, no, you'll chase them away. And yeah. I think her reasoning is really sound. I really do. Yeah. And so we made a pact that if we knew they were out there, we would never turn on the light. We would never go running and throwing windows off, you know, and looking outside. We would never run outside. We would just calmly sit in the house and Listen to them. And listen. And not, you know, not interact or anything. And we kind of believe it drove them crazy. It's like, why (laughs) aren't they, why Why aren't they coming around? Why, why, you know, (laughs) we'll throw rocks at the house. Why aren't they coming running out like everybody else does? We we did have, I've heard things hit the side of the house, but I I always thought it was uh, the kids with a BB gun over the, uh, in the house over across the way. So I never did, you know. Before the Bigfoot, we knew they were coming. Uh, associate that with that, but no, you know, did. but no. you, you, know, you know, unless 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 we're both going nuts. So I mean, th- this this stuff is really it's really happened to us. It's the most amazing yeah, thing that ever happened sure. to me in my life, and I don't know why it happened to us, but, why, but Andrea, it did. And what can I say? Andrew and I laugh. Right. We, we say that we're having the same hallucination together. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, it, if this isn't real, then we are hallucinating yeah. the same thing at the same time. We're in bad trouble. <laughs> yeah. How long have you guys lived in the, the house you're in now? Hmm. 24 years. We got married in 1999, and so that's when we moved in here. 23 years. And that's uh, your family's property, Dan? All right. It's 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 our property. It, my grand my I grew up right next door, and that house is across the woods lot in back here of us. That's where I grew up. 
my grandfather moved down here, I think, in the 80s, late 70s, 80s, bought these two lots we have. When he died, my parents got him. And when my dad died, of course, my mom ended up with him. And then mm -hmm. I moved back here um, back in, when was it, 97? Mm, yeah, about Needed a place to stay and bought these two lots off, off of my mom. And so uh, that's so we've had. And then Andrea and I got married in 99. I pulled a trader on here. And uh, before we got married, she moved in here and you lived here, what, six months or so? I can't remember. And then I got, then we got married, then I moved in here. So anyway, we've been we've been in here a long time. But we didn't know about the Bigfoot we until. But putting two and two together, my mom would every now and then tell stories of uh, like one or two hard bangs on the yeah, wall that face that, that faces the woods on her side, and uh, nobody could ever figure it out. I remember as a kid running through the woods around here, one of my brothers would a couple times, hey, come look at this, you know, and here's the, the small maple tree that I'm sure you guys are familiar with what a maple leaf looks like. Look at the Canadian flag. Right. But where the stem comes out, there's kind of a V notch there. And you could actually take two of those maple leaves and bend the, bend the limbs around and hook two of those leaves together and they'll stay. Mm -hmm. And I remember my brother pointing those out in the woods behind the house that we used to play in when I was a kid. Well, when we realized these things were coming, I would find those same things in this woodlots of ours behind the house. I would undo them and they'd be redone the next day. Yeah. They'd be they'd be right hooked right back mm -hmm. together. And Just you like, have to do it with your hands. The yeah. wind will not do it. We never yeah. Oh yeah, I, I would check it after a real windy day, you'd never find it. You know, but it always happened at night, <laughs> you know. So I know what, right. or I'm convinced that what my brother showed us when we were kids, you know, back in the early 60s and running around in these woods. That's why I'm convinced that these Bigfoot were here when I was a kid and they were here before that. You know, I think, I think this is a generational, territorial, familial place around here that, uh, yeah, funny story about that too is that there was a there was a thing going around about the little kids one time when they were having a barbecue over there. This is before I knew Dan. They were little his nephews and nieces that they that they came out of the woods and said there's a monkey out there. <laughs> you know, I asked. I know you did, but I'm telling you what the little kids said at the time is what they said, and maybe when they're adults hmm. they don't want to admit to it, but they I they did say that that there was a monkey out there in the woods. So, I mean, now they're adults and they're denying it. Maybe they've, they've forgotten about it, you know. But this, I've heard it. I heard his mom. His or they mom just don't want to remember. They don't want to because it's beyond their, you know. Uh, I, I think uh, that, you know, we've told his relatives about this, you know. <laughs> and that we was, yeah, well, they thought we were absolutely nuts, but they were very polite about it. But just <laughs> lately, uh, they've talked to us about it and said, "Yeah, we believe that you're. Uh, we believe you that there are Bigfoot." So. Well, I think what convinced them is again on, and you guys have probably seen it. The video I've got up on our site about the feather. Oh yeah, 
I don't know if you've seen that one. A feather is there's a there's a I mean it's a dove wing or tail feather. The thing's three to four inches long, and there's this unbroken piece of bark slipped up the shaft of that feather. So and it's, it's like a piece of jewelry, and that that bark is tight enough. I mean, it's not this big honking piece of bark. It's it's just barely big enough. Uh, of bigger. I'd say about what a sixteenth of an inch wide, an eighth of an inch wide. I'd say the center of it is maybe an eighth. Yeah, it's very. But spiny. somehow, whoever did that or whatever did it was able to manipulate that up that feather without breaking. It's got a slight crack in it, but it's not all the way through. And I think my one of my older brothers. I think he when we said this, I I think he's like, okay, here here goes Dan again, you know, just crazy as a loon. <laughs> and he was over one day, and I said, I got to show you something, Bruce. And I showed him that, and he's sitting there looking at it. He's going, "What the hell? What the what the heck is that? All that? I guess that could have fallen down from. No, that couldn't have done that." <laughs> He goes, I gotta take a picture of that. And after that, he's he's a lot more open to it. Well, what gets hmm. me is they had to haul that little they did. out. They did. How yeah. did they get that hollowed out so they could they, slip it over that shaft of the feather? They used the shaft of so the feather tiny. as a pick. I mean, here you think of these sasquatches, it's, it's you know, six, eight, seven feet, weighs three or four hundred pounds. And they've got this little three-inch dove feather manipulating a piece of bark off of a twig small enough and making it act like a cigar band that's lining up the shaft of that thing. I mean, that that just blows my mind. That's Yeah, that's, me, on, and, that's and on his... his when uh, I saw YouTube. that, it's like, man, that's like jewelry making, you know, but using natural products. You know, it was, it was really it's cool. It's something else. That is, uh, you know, and what's sad is, you know, the feather's getting old. Oh, yeah. And, Ratty looking, and we're going to lose it. You know, we all we'll have eventually is just photos of it. You know, it's sad. I did a close-up video of that twice and posted it on YouTube, and it stayed up for about two days, and then it just disappeared both times. Why? I have um, no idea. I could not figure that one out. Hmm. Yeah, that's all. But the video that shows it in me picking it up in the tray, uh, just talking about it, that's still on there. Wow. Let's do it. <laughs> We're going to be sure to check out uh, Shawnee Sasquatch, you guys, and we'll oh, let our sure. listeners know here, obviously, as they're listening to this podcast, that, to check it okay. out, too. Yeah, check it out. And see all the videos and the stuff going on. And all the stuff that you guys are talking about is, is amazing. Um, definitely points towards something going on there. Uh, oh, yeah. Than, you know, For sure. Other than human. Um, so to speak. So, and again, we, we really appreciate you guys coming on and talking to us tonight. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. You guys. Uh, yeah, Dan's never, Dan's never talked about it, you know, uh, anywhere. You're the first, first guys he's talked to. I got Yeah, we appreciate yeah. that. We appreciate that, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. We love hearing, hearing you guys' stories. And if something else goes on, get a hold of us and let us know what's happening over there. Yeah, we will. I will. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of things we haven't told you, I'm sure. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're getting into springtime, so they should be. Yeah, I'm hoping. One, one thing that I've, I kind of sort of have noticed, it doesn't happen all the time, but if there's going to be activity around here, it seems like it always happens somewhere between last quarter of the moon and first quarter, but mainly, but, but mainly between new moon and first quarter. 
because the moon's in the sky until midnight, you know. Mm-hmm. So they don't like the light. And also, especially summertime, because there's a lot of cover, the leaves are on the trees. Mm-hmm. And especially if it had rained like a day before, where the leaves aren't real crunchy, it seems like those combination things is when most often something will happen around here. You uh, make sure you keep track in that and document as much as uh, much of that activity oh, or anything yeah. that you can, Dan. Uh, well, this is all I can, you know, I've just kind of been thinking about this over the past couple of months, thinking, you know, over the past few years, that seems to be, especially when things have calmed down and they do come back periodically, that seems to be the times that they come. Gotcha. You know, dark of the moon and, and, uh, yeah, non-crunchy and, leaves. Yeah, they, they wait till after a rain, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. To, to come so that where, where it's not quite you know dried off they don't want to leave footprints but they don't want to walk in the dry leaves either exactly you know? mm-hmm. we've also noticed listening with our earphones over that amplified microphone is that there's a railroad track about three miles as the crow flies east of us and we live you know, there's a blacktop road just you know i could throw a rock and almost hit it but we've also noticed listening that sometimes when we'd hear those bipedal footprints, footprints, footsteps, I always say footprints. Mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of yeah. funny. Oh, listen, oh, I hear footprints. A lot of people do that. I probably do. I know they do. But a lot of times it's when a car is going by down on the blacktop or a train is yeah. going by. I've noticed that too. That then you might hear rustling or bipedal footsteps in the leaves, and then it'll stop when the car gets Yeah, they use other sounds to hide their movements. I think they use man's sounds and even wind. Why not? And to to mask their movements. I mean, this is just things we've kind of noticed over the past few years. Whether it's right right or not, I don't know, but that's just what it seems like. That microphone we could hear way out in the woods. Quite a way, oh, you'd hear probably further than was further yeah. than we should have. <laughs> but yeah. you know, but we we heard them out yeah. there when they first come up. You know how they'd approach the dogs would start barking, we could hear them barking, barking, and, and then the owls would start hooting, yeah. and then pretty soon we'd hear whistling, and like one would one would come up first, and yeah. then a few minutes later we'd hear whistling, and then another one would come up. Yeah. So they used they they wouldn't come. Usually there was two, I think. Don't you think? I think so. I think there was and two. And I think the whistle was Usually. just to let the other person know, hey, I'm coming in here. Don't get freaked yeah. out. You know, it's or me. the other one says, the one that's up here says, it's safe now. You yeah. can come up. Or something. But they used the whistling to communicate when they were, uh, one was coming up. Right. It's so interesting. Well, you guys keep doing what you're doing. And, um. Keep documenting we'll do anything that. that you can, and uh, all right. Yeah, Sounds we're, good. we're no, not we're not uh, investigators. We're just experiencers. That's, that's well, all right. Sometimes that's the best. Well, it yeah. is. You're we didn't want to job. get into that, you know. All right, thank you. We just wanted to let people know what was happening to us. That's sure. All. And like I said, if oh, you guys yeah. have more, get a hold of us and let us know. We what's will. Happening. All right. We Sounds will. good. All right, you guys, take care and thanks again. Nice talking to you guys. You too. Good night. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah. That was really good, man. Uh, Those two are always fun, man. <laughs> they are. The way they, they uh, you know, back and forth with each other and uh, yep. rigmarole, they're, they're, in, yep. they're talking and whatnot. Yep. Uh, yep. But that was good. I like that. That was 
I remember her telling some of his 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 stories uh, back when we talked to her, but him telling it really kind of you know sealed the deal and yeah, especially since he was like the skeptic, right? You know, for the longest time. Yep, he was the one that didn't believe. And uh, mm-hmm. I meant to ask her what made her start looking up Bigfoot stuff a year before that, and I never got a chance to. But um, something obviously. Oh, well, I'm sure we'll talk to him again. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> we appreciate the listens, everyone. And thanks again. Uh, watch yeah. for our uh, website coming soon. So yeah, uh, we do have a website, and it is in development. So we'll let you know. Yep, it'll be uh, cryptidcreatures.co. That's right. All right. So once again, my friend, thanks for hanging out with me. Always fun. All right. Until next time. Yep. See ya. <laughs>